1: Hello and welcome back to the Roker Report Extra podcast. Sunland scraped past Southend 1-0 at the weekend, but unfortunately followed it up with a truly embarrassing 2-1 home defeat to Leicester City's children. So it's safe to say I'm in a truly shite mood when it comes to regarding Sunland, but with no League One action on the agenda for at least a week, I'd like to welcome Matt to discuss Gillingham's game against us um, on Saturday in the FA Cup from Gills in the Blood. How are you doing, Matt? Are you well? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Uh, yeah, as I sort of said before, bit of, last bit of a
0: night
1: aside. <laughs> bit of a shite mood. But last night aside, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, Fairly, so I didn't
0: know you was playing. It's, it's not a competition that too many show much interest in, is it? Let's be honest. No,
1: not at all, mate. I think um, it's one of those competitions where if you win, fair enough, it's all good. And we got the final last year. But I think if you get beat off an under-21 team, it just... I, I I can't quite describe it, but I'm a little bit embarrassed, truth be told. But it is what it is, isn't it? You've got to get on with it. Nothing much you can That's do. It, yeah, it. you
0: have to play the games, unfortunately, whether you like it or not. I mean, we're already out as well, so I don't think we take it too seriously. We see it as an opportunity to just play the kids and those that, that need minutes.
1: Yeah, we used to do that when we were a Premier League team. Now we play a full for first team and get beat off for other people's kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> They're club plugging it
0: with the likes of chilling <laughs>
1: Um Both our games were midweek clashes last year, so... You're Gillingham's yes. debutant on the Extra Podcast. Are you proud?
0: 100%, yeah, definitely. I'd like to thank uh, my parents and, and you, <laughs> you guys for really inviting me
1: on. <laughs> we had uh, two two games last year that produced a lot of goals, actually, if I remember right. It was, it was four eight, 3 one, on aggregate,
0: I think, was it? 4
1: 2, yeah. 8, eight three in aggregate. Probably one of yeah. the best memories I've got of last season, certainly one of. Anyway, there's a couple. Was that four-one win early on in the season when I thought we were just going to hammer every team that came against us? Didn't really, didn't really happen. Um, but this season, it's it's the FA Cup for the very, very first time. Um, yep. It's the first round. We had Port Vale, I think, last year. But the FA Cup, do, do either of us really care? It's
0: it's another tricky one, isn't it? I mean, for people of my age, I mean, I'm 37. I grew up thinking the FA Cup was the greatest domestic competition in the world but unfortunately it's, it's lost a lot of its magic over the years because all the TV money is now in Sky Sports meaning you've got to get in the top four and, and people sort of in that division and you know about that using that division up until a couple of years ago like you've already said it's, it's all about finishing as high as you can in the league and it seems that the FA Cup's become sort of a poor relation to the Premier League now unfortunately but it's nice if you can get to the third round as a team, especially for a club our size. no disrespect, obviously you're a massive club compared to us still, even though we're both in the same division, but for us it's about getting to the third round and trying to get a decent draw like we did last season, we managed to knock Cardiff out in front of a decent crowd and then went to Swansea and unfortunately got beat in the fourth round, but I'd imagine promotion has to be the aim for you lot and it's probably just a bit of a hindrance, isn't it, in all fairness?
1: A little bit. I mean, we've actually only opened up one end of our stand, which is probably a, a sad indictment, isn't it, on on the FA Cup itself that
0: it is, yeah, definitely. And it's you're not the only club. It's not that's not a one off. That's that that's unfortunately the norm now for these early rounds of the competition. It's until you get a Premier League come into town or, or you go to a big Premier League round then. That, that is just the way it is now with the FA Cup, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I mean, last year we it, it was unusual for us because normally we, we've we entered, in, in my lifetime we've always entered, and in most people's lifetime we've always entered at the, the third round in January, and there's, there was a bit yes. of romance about the third round, but the first round we were away to, to Port Vale and then we, we got Walsall in the second round, and we played Walsall like three times in a week, so the romance of the FA Cup was, was completely gone for us last year, but you've sort of touched on it before already uh, you made it all the way to the, the fourth round last year so um, obviously it's probably still a bit of recent romance for Gillingham fans with the FA Cup is there?
0: Yeah there is again and again that's because of the relative sizes of our two clubs for us it's it's a money spinner at the end of the day whereas we know we're never going to win the FA Cup I mean I remember back in 2000 when we was getting ourselves into the champ- the championship now for the first time and only time that we've ever done it and we we got promoted that season at Wembley, and we got to the quarterfinals for the only time in our history. We got battered by Chelsea, and a certain John Terry scored his first Chelsea goal, I think, in that game or maybe his debut or something like that. And yeah, we beat I think Sheffield Wednesday en route to the to the quarters at in front of a packed uh, Priestfield. It's um, you can find it on YouTube. We scored a really good goal, Nicky Southall volley, and John Motson was in. Um, basically what was a building site of our medway stand now like our main stand that you boys would have come and visited last season because it was being rebuilt yeah so i remember sort of days like that when we put out bradford and sheffield wednesday were premier league sides but until last season it's been pretty slim pickings over the last few years i mean we've been beaten by brackley twice in the last few seasons on the tally national league north and it just seems that we like getting first or second round trips all the way up there because we've had Hartlepool last season in the first round the season before that we had to go Carlisle in a replay this year we've got to come and see you lot so
1: it's (laughs) it's, it's
0: a long way for very little reward (laughs) I think that's the trouble
1: I suppose one question I would probably ask you know three or four years ago I suppose Gillingham playing against Sunderland which would have then been a third round tie would be a good draw but yes. when it came out of the hat, what, what was your, and, and feel free to be as positive or as negative about this, but what was your overriding emotion of getting Sunland away? Me? Yeah. That's yeah.
0: literally it, because it's it's miles. Yeah, it's um, a hell of a I'm distance. Not gonna go. I'm not going to go. I mean, I, like I just said before we come, like, unfortunately, I'm, I've had I'm four weeks since knee surgery, so it's, it's too far for me at the moment. And,
1: too far without it's it.
0: a long way to go and <laughs> the chances are we're probably going to get beat and that's that's the way it is, unfortunately. We're going to make changes. I think Steve Evans has said we're going to probably make a few changes to give minutes to those that need it. I'd imagine you lot are going to make quite a few changes because Phil Parkinson's probably privatising League One, which he has to do.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah,
0: it's a very sort of... If, you, if it was all that way to play a, a crappy non-league side that you think, oh, I've got, you know, sort of a nine out of ten charts of beating, then fair enough. But it's, it's no, it's not a glamour time like it would have been three or four years ago because then it would have been oh, all to a Premier League side. Yeah, but it's yes. not anymore.
1: It's very much... We've been shipped
0: 125 years, so don't worry about it.
1: <laughs> I don't think there's anything more sort of... You, you said mayor, which is kind of probably how most of us on both sides felt, truth be told. And I think when you're looking at the tie itself, there's nothing worse than playing a team you're already playing in the league in the cup, is there? That's like the worst no, rule you can like get. Like you
0: said last year, I think you played Walsall like two or three times in a matter of a fortnight it seemed but it was just like every other game you was playing. I mean, It just becomes monotonous and fans aren't going to want to go and see it. Once is bad enough, like you say, two times you might get away with the third game. People aren't going to want to bother.
1: Different to last year though, isn't it? You mentioned already you had, I think you had Hartlepool last year and if memory serves me right, you needed a replay
0: we were seconds from going out. Yeah, we drew the home game nil-nil in one of the most boring ties you're ever likely to be unfortunate enough to attend, and I went to the home game. And then I think we had to rely on a last-minute equaliser, Tom Tommy's penalty, I think, in normal time, and then beat him 4-3 in extra time. That's right. See, for days like that, you know, if you can guarantee that you're going to go up there and win, then fine. It makes the travel all worthwhile, but we all know football's not like that. You could invariably go all that way and get absolutely tanked
1: or you could just get beat and off another twenty-one a, side at home. You, <laughs>
0: exactly. And then you get beat and then you get home at like three or four in the morning. And that's not fun for anyone. So.
1: No, it really ain't. It really ain't. Um like I say, we got knocked out in the the second round last year, and we did we did sort of utilise it to play. It was a relatively strong side we played in the first round. I think at mm. Walsall we made a few changes, especially in the replay. But how likely is it Steve Evans will take the competition seriously this year in terms of a full strength side?
0: I don't think it'll be what we would be calling our full strength side, but I still think Steve Evans doesn't know his best eleven because obviously he's only been in the in the job this season and he bought in fourteen players in the summer. So I for, for what it's worth, I don't think Steve Evans knows his best eleven still. I think there's been two or three that are disappointed that he bought in. I think there's been a couple that unfortunately have been carrying niggly injuries. Like Matt Willock, we got in and was supposedly gonna be, you know, a game changer for us and he's played forty five minutes of league football. He got a virus in pre-season, missed a couple of games. Then he came back against Bolton's under-13 side that we beat and uh, got a bang on the knee. and He's been out ever since, and that was end of August. So I think he might get minutes if he's available because there's talk that he's back training. Um, I'd imagine we'll probably make about half a dozen changes.
1: And he's the boy from... Manchester United Willock isn't he he's also brother to. is it Chris is it Chris Willock who plays for Arsenal scored that beauty the other week
0: Joe's at at Arsenal Joe that's right and they've got Chris who I think is at West Brom who was it? I think he's on loan at West Brom from Benfica or something. There's three brothers, yeah. And unfortunately, we've got the
1: crock, it seems, at <laughs> West of the lot, eh? But, yeah, well, you can't
0: tell. We haven't seen him fucking play. So.
1: <laughs> you, you talked about um, new sign ins and that. And obviously, um, I think the big thing that stuck out to me outside of the sign ins that you've got was Steve Evans being technically the biggest name, probably, of all of them. Um, bit of an infamous fella for kind of all the right and maybe some. Mainly wrong reasons, but how how are Gillingham fans taken to him?
0: He has history with us, and uh, he's been very very divisive. His appointment, I said when it was first rumoured, I didn't want him to come into the football club. I thought there was better younger managers available. I think like Paul Hurst was available at the time, and yeah. who'd done really well at Rosebury at this level. I know he, he got burnt a little bit at Ipswich. Uh, Daryl Clark um, had been very good at Bristol Rovers for pretty much all of his reign, got him out of the National League through League Two and into League One but they're both in League Two now and they're not pulling up any trees in that, at that level, so it's always hard to you know know what's going to happen. It's impossible to gauge, but I just think he's had history with us before, Steve Evans, with previous clubs, and a lot of our fans haven't forgiven him, but I was slightly more open-minded after going to a Q&A session that he did when he first came in, and I've not seen anything too untoward from him yet in terms of touchline antics. A couple of yellow cards and, and fans are jumping on his back, and there was an incident with Ipswich's manager a few weeks ago and all our fans straight away are Steve Evans' fault. And I think too many people are just trying to you know, batter him for the sake of battering him. I'm, I'm trying to remain open-minded. I think the squad's generally better than last season, but we miss Tom Eaves massively because we're not clinical in front of goal and it's going to continue to hinder us if we don't get a clinical front man in, unfortunately. The football's better, don't get me wrong, but the last two home games have been pony really really bad we can two goal head start for Rotherham two goal head start for Peterborough you ain't going to get up the table if you keep giving teams two goal starts unfortunately at any level
1: Out of curiosity what what was his history with the club? Like you, you mentioned there was some history there and stuff like that with Evans what what was it that particularly you, you He came had
0: history with, a pre, uh, with one of our club legend Andy Hessenthaler, when he was yep. in charge of Crawley or Rotherham I think it was there was talk of racist abuse from Hessenthaler's part and Evans was going to report him but He got asked this at the Q&A and in fairness he could have swerved it but he answered it head on and um, people then make their own opinions don't they? Like I say I'm trying to be open minded. The biggest thing for me is if I'm supporting Gillingham Football Club is if he's winning us football matches and he was a manager that had to come in and and hit the ground running and he probably hasn't as much as we'd hoped so um, and there was obviously the Boston thing is is quite well documented isn't it that he got himself and his football club in trouble a few years ago but he answered a question about that as well at the Q and A it's then up to people whether they take it at face value or whether he's lying and I tried to take it at face value and the thing like any manager, we can't make a you know, a proper sort of opinion on it until we've played forty six league games. If he yeah. finishes above thirteenth like last season and we get more points and we play better football, then it's probably the right appointment. If we struggle all season and he finishes lower than thirteenth like we did last season, then people are gonna say, What was the point? <laughs>
1: It's a funny one to judge, isn't it? I suppose the the success of any new manager coming into a club who finished anywhere from mid-table downwards in League 1 last season because it wasn't unbeknown to us, but thankfully we spent most of last season like around the top three, top five. But anyone yeah. from the middle of the table downwards kind of was in and out of the relegation places and then up to mid-table on a, a weekly basis. So it's like yeah. you finished... 13th last season, I think you're currently 16th, but we're talking about new signings and people that you brought into the club, and new manager, but the big takeaway for me when I was looking through the League 1 squads with Gillingham, you lost probably your best two players. Have you replaced them well enough?
0: Um, Thomas Holy, I'd say just about yes. Jack Bonham's proved to be a very good signing. We got him in, I think, from Brentford on a free transfer and he arrived at the same time as our goalkeeper coach who was at Brentford as well, Simon Royce, who played for us about a decade ago and won promotion with us. and He's been really, really good. And to be honest, I wasn't sure about him when he first arrived. I thought he was very quiet for a keeper, but he's he's just got better and better over the season, aside from Saturday when he's had a massive part in the first goal, along with our centre-half, Conor Oakley, unfortunately. But I think he saved three penalties already this season. He was unbelievably good against Accrington the week before last and helped us win 1-0. And, um, yeah, I think he's, he's a more than able replacement for Thomas Holy. It's the other end of the pitch, unfortunately, where we're taking five or six chances to put it away. And When we had Tom Eaves last season, if you got half chance in the box, nine times out of ten it was going in and that always gives you a chance in games.
1: When it comes to Tom Eaves, I think it was a player that a lot of Sunderland fans quite like the look of um, and mm-hmm. were tempted to bring in last year. He's gone to Hull. He hasn't done particularly well based on goals. Um, but what is it that losing Tom Eve Tom Eve sorry, takes away from Gillingham?
0: Um, goals to start with. I mean, he's got yeah. 40 in two seasons, so obviously that's that's a massive chunk, and especially when you don't have a great budget like we don't, and um, you have to rely on a bit of wheeling and dealing and getting free transfers in, and you have to hope that you can strike gold with a couple of them. I think one of the, the big things aside from his goals and his own game last season, that was, we played him up front with um, Brandon Hanlon. Um, and he was he was really impressive when he played alongside Tom Eaves. And, and now that Tom's gone and, and Evans wants to play a slightly different system, I think Brandon Nanlon's having to try and learn to play a new role as the season's going on, which is really hard. He's having to play as a lone striker if we play three up top. And if he's playing in a partnership, he's playing with someone else that's very similar to him, not a Tom Eaves who could, you know, win flick-ons, play with his back to goal. And it's, it's, I think, unfortunately, we've got our top scorer hasn't scored since the 7th of September, so that's all you need to know. And he's got four, and that's Alex Jakubiak. Um, I'm a big fan of Brandon Hanlon, um, but I think he was a better player alongside Tom Eves next last season. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing is goals, and it strikers are judged on goals at any level. And To lose someone who's got 40 in 80 games is, is, is massive, especially when we can't go and spend you know, half a million or a million or whatever, 250,000 on a replacement. We, obviously, we, like last season, we laughed and we're, we're scraping the barrel for you know free transfers and you boys are bringing in Will Grigg for £4 million in in and We're thinking, yeah, there's levels.
1: <laughs> feel, feel free to have him if you want, is the way things not are going Jack, at the not moment. Not that
0: Jack Ross got anything out of him, which I think says more about Jack Ross than Will Grigg, unfortunately, because Will Grigg should be scoring you 25 goals comfortably at that level because he's done it all his career.
1: Yeah, I but, mean, there's there's something not right there and that's... Uh, a long conversation, uh, long conversation regarding Will Gregg and the things that are right and the things that are wrong. Um, I think which is why many people quite like the sound of sort of Tom Eaves, um, sort of maybe potentially coming in. But I was surprised he went to the championship. I've I've got to be honest with that. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not. Surprised? He's, he's struggling either because he he struck me as a very very good League One striker. But do you think? Obviously, we're only in November as well, so I, mm-hmm. this could be egg on my face. But were you surprised he went to to league, uh, the Championship?
0: Surprised in the sense that, like you say, his his whole career has been League One and League Two. And <laughs> even from our fan point of view and myself, when he arrived in what was it summer twenty seventeen, you looked at his goal record previously, so, and it, it was shocking. Without being rude. I think he scored yeah, four goals in 40 appearances for Yeovil the season before in a, in the, the bottom half of League 2. So, um, But we spoke to him for the channel six months after he joined and he said that he was doing nothing different at all. It was just that after he joined us, everything he hit was going in. And he said the season before with Yeovil, I think he, hit, he said he hit the post and the bar about six or seven times. So if he'd got 12 and he'd come in and people would have gone, oh yeah, it's not a bad signing. But yeah, I'm, of course... You look at his goal record prior to us and you think maybe the, the championship is a step too far, but I don't think there's one Gillingham fan that was going to begrudge him the chance to go and have a go at that level because every professional footballer wants to try their best at the highest level they can. And I know Grant McCann was a massive fan of him and he was Doncaster manager, so I think that had a big part in it and he went to Hull and, the, and bought Eves in. So I think Grant McCann was trying to get a sort of good mix of the squad that he had available at Hull and then obviously trying to bring in Decent League One players To, to supplement the squad Because I know he bought him in And he bought in I think He bought in one of your boys Didn't he George Honeyman? He brought in
1: Honeyman He yeah, well. brought Honeyman. Yeah. Um, yes. And
0: I think he bought in Ryan Tafazzoli, Who was at Peterborough got him in centre half On a free transfer right.
1: Yeah he brought a few in actually From League One Like top yeah, League done, One
0: players he, Yeah I think he was trying to Sort of you know get the, the, the best that was available from that division within whatever their budget is. I don't know what their budget is. and Yeah, I mean, he's, I think he's got two goals, Tom He's he got one against Sheffield Wednesday. He scored an absolute belter at the weekend. If against Fulham, social I think. Media.
1: Yeah. Was it Fulham he scored against?
0: Yeah. Uh, I, think I
1: think it was. i have to fact check it,
0: Jacob it. Irving had a shot and Tom Eaves tripped over the ball on the six-yard line. It was. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, he might need that, that's the sort of goal that you need when you're struggling for form, struggling for goals. It might just be the, you know, the boost that he needs and he might get a run of games now and go and score
1: a few. It's the come off your arse sort of goal, isn't it? it? It's that kind of goal it's, where uh, you, you just say, I don't care if it comes off my arse as long as it goes in. And I exactly, mean, yeah.
0: The type of goal that probably Will Grigg needs at the moment and then you might get a run out of him.
1: If anyone hasn't seen the goal, by the way, it is quite funny. I managed to see it the other week, I just so happened to have Quest on. Um mm-hmm. And watched it, and he literally does trip over the ball in the back of the net, doesn't
0: he? Yeah, he literally falls over, and it just trickles in because the keeper's out of position. Yeah, screen. Uh, yeah, that might be something <laughs> that he needs, and he might get a start now. So he's been in and out of the side. That's the struggle as well for any player at any level as well. If you're not starting regular games, you know how hard it is to you know try and build up any rhythm and build up relationships with other teammates and stuff like that. So some Jules fans hope that he struggles, and we're getting back on loan in January. But
1: fingers crossed. <laughs> You've got a hope for that kind of thing, haven't you?
0: I think it's a little bit of wishful thinking.
1: Now, I very rarely do this in, in the extra, but I thought I'd try it because um, I didn't really want to talk about Sunland too much, but I suppose I have to in a way. But bit of quiz time for you here, right? So right. bad memories for us, but you, you may remember it, unfortunately. But Gillingham have faced Sunland 11 times in their history, apparently. But how right. many times have Gillingham actually beaten us? So
0: they're all going to be back when I was very young, I'd imagine. Yeah so obviously we played you twice last season, you won them, but how many, 11 times? 11. The two most memorable ones, is is it the playoffs, isn't it, from 87?
1: The playoffs is the one and only time you've beaten us, apparently.
0: Was that at the Priestfield and then you beat us something like 5-4 ridiculously at Roker Park in the second leg didn't we I think but we did we go through an away goal
1: you went through an away goals yep that's right I mean saying that I wasn't there to thankfully I wasn't there um, to to live through it as it's quite infamous at our end for all the wrong reasons but yes we (laughs) we went out in away goals but I found out today that was the only time Gellingham have beaten us so if there's not if there's if I'm saying something that's going to guarantee we get beat this weekend I thought I might as well just (laughs) say it anyway do you know what I mean but <laughs> good. well, you're right. <laughs> but we've beaten you seven times, so that's right. a good, that's technically a good omen, I guess, in a way. Three draws, then. Nice, and right. we've drew three times. Um, but another question for you, bit more quiz time. Mm-hmm. The first time you visited the stadium, light was in 2004. What was the score, and who was the Gillingham goalscorer?
0: 2004. So would that be the three four season or the four five season?
1: It was the three four season.
0: So that would have been in the championship when we was, was. punching well above our weight. And you stayed up that three, season, four. I think,
1: by like a point or something like that, a goal difference.
0: Uh, you well, obviously, you, I just, oh, did you. I'm taking a right stab in the dark here, Darren Byfield.
1: Darren Byfield did score for us he actually got the winner so you actually bang on with that That that's it's a bloody good memory that many people wouldn't get it and Sean Thornton scored our first one but the Gillingham goal can you guess the Gillingham goal
0: oh so he's another one that played for both then Darren Byfield isn't he because he played for us as well for a period oh, I think
1: I didn't know that he played for a few I know he's married to Jamelia I know that much I was he is married to Jamelia correct which is <laughs> um, a better fact than maybe scored. 2003 three, four.
0: Oh, I'm struggling, I'm not going to lie.
1: Patrick Agnewman.
0: Patrick Agnewman, blimey.
1: You played yes. up front with Mamadi we Sidibe case. that day. Not a bad forward line, that for you.
0: He was all right, to be fair. He came back and played in a charity game last spring, I think, and he was still in really good nick, to be fair, and he was absolutely huge, because we sat right behind the dugout for it. It was like a celebrity thing against Jules Legends or whatever. I mean, they were scraping the barrel for a couple of the so-called legends, but... Um, yeah, he was still a really good nick, to be fair. He's huge as well, really good. I think he's like a personal trainer or something now. And he's massive. But yeah, he still still get about a pitch, to be fair to him. Yeah, he was, was Wim- I think we got him off Wimbledon.
1: You did. The original the, the, Wimbledon, The proper yeah. Wimbledon. Yes, the real one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and the most famous of our players to play for you lot, I think, would be, well, in my time, Nyron Noseworthy, I think, he's like a bit of a cult hero at both clubs, to be Love sure.
1: Nugsy. Love him. I was just looking at the yeah, bench from that day. Well. He actually didn't play for you that day, but your substitute bench was actually pretty good. You had Matt Jarvis and Andrew Crofts who both went on to play in the Premier League on the bench that day. I played
0: internationally as well, yeah. Matt yep. Jarvis won one cap for England and so Croft did. won a few for Wales.
1: So he did. That is very, very true. When it comes to players, though, you have mentioned someone who I was dying to come on to now. Nyron's someone who's sat in the same room as me. Um, we've also randomly prank called him once for some bizarre reason um, when we were all very <laughs> hungover. But um, Niron is... I love Niron. I love Nugsy. And I think Sunland in general really, really liked Niron. He was absolutely yeah. terrible when he first came. And, and we've to, I think we've told him as such, anyone who's met him. But you kind of mentioned he's a bit of a cult hero at Gillingham. Is he really, really loved in Gillingham as well then?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, because he, he came through the youth system as well. Yeah. So, he was, I mean, we're going back to what the back end of the 90s now when he first broke through. Yeah. But he'd play absolutely anywhere for. he played right back, centre half. I think we used to chuck him up front if we were struggling in games. And <laughs> I think he only scored one or two goals for us. But yeah, he was a really likeable kid at the time. And it was, again, it's, again, it's for clubs like us, it's great to see. Homegrown talent go on and do well and get themselves to the highest level that, that you know available. And, and obviously, he played in the Premier League for, for more than one club, I think. Didn't he? I think he played in the Premier League for you guys. I think he played in the Premier League for Watford as well.
1: Watford, he was at Watford, Sheffield United, um, and I think he retired at Blackpool. He was at Blackpool, but Blackpool when there were. Bad Blackpool. I think Not he good went Blackpool. somewhere
0: even lower than that afterwards. I think did. I might have had a spell at like somewhere like Dagenham and Redbridge right at the back end of his career. But I
1: think you're right. Actually, it
0: makes me feel old.
1: I think you're right that he played for Dagenham. It's have you have you ever heard him speak?
0: I haven't. No, weirdly, because obviously when he was with us was before you know social media yeah. and YouTube and podcasts and all that got really big. To be fair, you so don't... everything we sort of. At the time was either if you were lucky enough to he was on a TV interview or a radio interview. God, that, again that makes me sound old. And <laughs> it, most of it was obviously it was read in the in newspapers. Then you know sort of the good old fashioned way.
1: He's got the smoothest voice that you could possibly ever come across. I don't um, know where he
0: is. I'd love to get him on the channel for a chat, but I don't know where, where he's based now or anything like that. Cause I think we have to still
1: and, down south. You know, south. Get
0: people that are locally based. But
1: I'm pretty certainly still down south because we we had him on the show in. Oh, God. Before the season started. Um, hmm. And I'm pretty certain... He was up here for a talk-in, so it was just by chance. I'm pretty certain, Nuggs, he's still down south. Um, I don't know what he's doing, but he he actually looks younger than he did in his playing days.
0: I think he's got Benjamin Button, isn't he? He
1: is. He's basically Benjamin <laughs> Button. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, we've talked a bit about former players and whatnot, but one thing I hmm. suppose is probably good for me to ask... Um, I do a thing every single week where I look at the three players to pick out for Gillingham. Now, last year was relatively easy. You had Thomas Holy, you had Tom Eaves, Tommy Eves, and then you had Max Amar. But this year, a bit more difficult. Um, mm-hmm. So, if you were to pick three players that we should probably look out for on Saturday, assuming you play a first team, I guess, which would be mm-hmm. the three that you'd say we should watch out for? Uh,
0: I'd go be really predictable and so based on current form aside from one error like I say on Saturday I'd say Jack Bonham the keeper has been really impressive since he's come in he's got four clean sheets at the moment probably deserves a couple more based on his performances but has been let down by individual errors at, at key times unfortunately he's been really really good I've been super impressed with him um, getting him in on a free transfer um, Brandon Hanlon I make no you know I'm not ashamed to say I think he's one of my favourite Chillingham players if I think if he scored more goals, we'd probably end up selling him because he's got pace to burn, he's powerful, never stops working. He, he, last season, he was in up the game that you won at Priestfield 4-1. Yeah, We said that one of the most abiding memories that we had of him, bearing in mind he'd only joined that summer, so this was only like the third or fourth league game, I think, wasn't it?
1: Um, Something like that, yeah.
0: Played with no fear at all, and even when we were 4-1 down, he still wanted the ball, still being positive, still trying to make things happen, and as a kid who'd come out of non-league, I think we'd signed him from Charlton, but he'd been at Bromley the season before on loan. I just thought, playing with no fear and still wanted to try and make things happen when he could have quite easily just hid behind his mark and not wanted the ball, I thought was something that really stood out for me. And he ended the season really strongly. I think he scored at the Stadium of Light, um, ended up with nine goals in his first season at league league level. And I thought that was a decent return for a kid that, you know, basically played non-league all his life. And, He's the same this season. He's another one. He just he just needs to relax in front of goal. And if he was more clinical, I think we'd have one hell of a striker on our hands. But like I said earlier in the in the pod, he's learning a new role slightly now that Tom Eaves has left. But yeah, really enjoy watching Brandon Hanlon play. I've got one left, haven't I? Yes. Um, it's tricky because we keep changing the front pairing. And then the players that we bought in that came with the most pedigree have all been a bit of a letdown, to be honest. Um, Alfie Jones, I would say. Generally, up until the last couple of weeks, has been absolutely immaculate. Got him on loan from Southampton, um, signed him as a centre half. In fairness, he played the first games at centre half, and then we moved him into holding midfield. and He's been really, really good, um, either as you know as a midfield pivot of two, if we play four two three one, or as at the base of a diamond if we play four four two. He's been really, really good on the whole. and Oh, I said a few weeks ago, if he carries on in that vein, he'll play Premier League football within the next probably two or three years. So that's my three. Thomas, uh, Jack Bonham, Brandon Hanlon and Alfie Jones.
1: I love Alfie Jones. My, my football manager or championship manager, as it used to be, playing heart was was warm there when you said Alfie Jones because I signed him, signed him for us. I think I was manager of Plymouth and I played him in the, the anchor man role and he was brilliant. Yep. I think he was only seventeen, eighteen, got him on loan, was superb. So I quite like Alfie Jones just because of a fictional season that I had with him in my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've been really,
0: It's funny how you sort of you, you sort of like yeah. players that do well for your computer. Yeah. Isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like Kennedy Back as you glue will always have a place in my heart, even though I don't think he ever did anything in actual football. Um <laughs> Unfortunately, Sunderland have never had that many good players on football manager to my memory. But if you had to pick players that you think could damage Gillingham on Saturday, which ones would you point out towards the players that you think could cause you problems?
0: Well, the obvious one's Aidan McGailey, but he's, he, Parkinson's not playing him so much, is he?
1: Yeah, he is, but he's off former a little bit. He's, he's, um, he's been in the past few weeks. But he had an injury not too long ago, but he's been back in the past few weeks because he's had not too much of a choice because Lyndon Gooch is currently injured Um and Embleton's injured for quite a while, I think. So, it's, yeah, it's kind of like McGeady sort of has to play at the moment, which is some people think he's still best player some people think he hinders us at the, the Pentwich we you look at it I the
0: thing is again it's all about levels isn't it And a yeah. <laughs> Gilligan player if they said could you pick three players from the Sunderland squad they're getting your side we'd probably fucking pick all of them be <laughs> so, because again it comes back to budgets and stuff like that but you can to have, have some of them. at League one is, is ridiculous in fairness um, I liked George Honeyman last season I thought he was really good against no, I love us George Honeyman. Um, Max Powell was another one who i followed at this level before, because he was at Trammere, I think, before he went to Wigan, and then you got him off Wigan. Yeah. Um, he used to be, he was superb when he was at Tranmere, so he's a player that I've sort of followed and, and recognised. Um, again, I'm not sure whether he's playing regularly. It's, it's tricky me, yeah. it? because obviously, you're only a couple of weeks into a new manager coming in, so obviously, he's probably still Max trying to find is... his best system and his best 11. And, uh, Luke Luco is a, a player I like, as well love like players that can play you know Malt. in fact weirdly you're talking about players that you can uh, that you sort of relate to because they're good for your computer games I got him on a free transfer for Chillingham on FIFA this week so and he can play right back in centre mid and I think he's a really good player in real life as well as <laughs> on FIFA 20 so Great, yeah Luke dear. O'Neill I, I think he's a really good footballer Um Again, it's like your front line should be scoring goals for fun, the likes of Mark McNulty and, and Will Grigg, but it's it's not that simple, is it, real life? No, like we say, it's not football manager and it, it's not FIFA and you have to make sure that you get these the right people into the right systems. But I'd take plenty of your squad, I won't lie. <laughs> you, cannot, <laughs> like I
1: see, you can like see you can have some a
0: game at the moment. Wasn't he play was he your one of your he was in contention for player of the year last season, wasn't he? Your keeper, and he's not
1: even in the team at the moment. So. He just got back in because of the injury to Lee Birch, but if it wasn't for his injury, yes, I think he'd be I think he'd be warm in the bench. It's it's been a, a weird season in terms of expectation levels and what's actually happened, but I think it all comes down to recruitment has not quite been good enough in my in my personal opinion, but I'm sure people will agree or disagree with that. Um of course. Going into Saturday, Tom I'm Flanagan,
0: going. you've got as well. There's an ex- There's another one that's played for both clubs. Just thought of that as well.
1: Yeah, that's true. Tom Flanagan. Yeah, true. he
0: was on loan at us when we won League Two in 2012-13. What did you
1: he think of younger him? younger
0: then. So yeah. So there's another one that's played for both teams.
1: What did you think of him?
0: He's done all right. I mean, he helped us win the league, so you can't really complain. But it's again, it was it was seven, eight, six, seven years ago, and obviously he was he was a young lad then, and he's not old, old now, is he? So twenty He's,
1: he's
0: done all right for himself. Got into the championship, I think, didn't he? And uh, I think he played in the championship with Burton so.
1: he did he was there with Burton he's been with us since the start of last season he's not Tom Flanagan not as bad as people think he is in my opinion nowhere near as good as we need him to be um, is, is my summarisation again it's all levels again Flanagan. isn't it that's
0: the, that's the thing yes
1: maybe but y- you will probably see him on Saturday he played last night um, and obviously didn't do very well but if you were to make a prediction just to kind of finish off for you here um mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go with my prediction first. I've actually changed my mind. I've started giving mine first to take the pressure cool, away. Then. But um, I'm I'm going to say 1-1 one, because one, it's just typical, isn't it? That'll go to 1-1 and then be a bloody replay. And we've got to travel the length and breadth of the country again, literally weeks before we play you in the league. <laughs> um but yeah, what,
0: that's not so your far away. 7th of December, I think, isn't
1: it? 7th, yeah. It's the 7th of yeah. December indeed. I'll be there because the student ticket's only £6.
0: Very nice. Yeah, it be a little bit colder than it was last time, so you might want to get um, <laughs> try and get yourself one of the seats under the roof, because that scaffolding ain't fucking fun in winter.
1: It was boiling, wasn't it, last year when we went? It was,
0: it was Yeah, it was like boiling. late August, it was... and it was absolutely roasted, yeah. yeah Wonderful it day, that.
1: <laughs> it was meant to be meant... That's when everything was due to be fixed, but I suppose unfortunately not, but um, yeah, just to cover off, prediction. Give me your prediction.
0: I'm going to be really boring, unfortunately. I'm going to... it's tricky like we said because we don't know what teams are going to play I'd imagine both sides are going to be much changed from from last weekend at the very least Um, I'll try and be a little bit positive then and and I'll say the same scoreline as you it'd be nice for us to make sure a team from a million miles away has to come all the way down to our place for a replay
1: perfect well Matt thanks very much for coming on do appreciate your time mate no it's Um, been really
0: fun enjoyed it
1: I'll probably speak to you again in a few weeks
0: (laughs) I'd imagine yeah definitely why not
1: awesome mate thanks very much
0: Thanks, sir. Take care, buddy.
1: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much.